Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. Tune in.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see. I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully Broadcasting from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley from the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Across this amazing nation and spanning the universe, you are listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you age great, live full, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Gratefully Show. We broadcast every Friday on the CTR Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Welcome, most amazing listeners around the world. So happy you're tuning into the show today. Welcome, one and all from around the world. Thank you so much from wherever you're listening from. So appreciate each of you. And I hope wherever you are that you're healthy, happy, and doing well, regardless of what is going on in the world around you in life. Let's let this hour be our sacred time together to focus on meaning making and special ways we can improve our lives. Most of you have made this show part of your weekly tradition and stay with us week after week. Thank you so much, my amazing aging rebels, loyal listeners, extraordinaires. I so value that you do. It's become our watering hole, a ritual convening, if you will, for inspiration and fun even a place where we can focus on the best of life forward and use some of what we learn here to better our lives, to get motivated and excited and to literally improve our life. I hope after each hour, you feel better. That is the goal. And my goal right now is to have you join me in our tradition 
of course, to get our smiling spandemic global grin fest going around the globe and across the miles. We must not start a show without that. So important to our living and aging journey. I've talked on this show about the difference between being alive and, well, living. Being alive is getting through and maybe even just going through day to day. Your body does all these miraculous things, really, we don't even think about, like breathing to keep you alive. Your heart beats and pumps blood, your system's all functioning without your knowing consent, wondrously on autopilot. And your feet do the walking, taking you to where you need to be. More than likely, you fulfill your basic obligations to keep life afloat. Day one rolls into day two, and they resemble one another, and occasionally there may be that one that stands out. But if life feels like you've been cast into the leading role of your own episode of Groundhog Day, well, you know what being alive feels like versus living. Living as I define it as being a proactive stakeholder in your life experience and choosing to live life by design. It takes effort to be in the business of living. One makes the choice also is this is something that doesn't necessarily come natural to everyone. When you choose living, you become your own primary shareholder in your own life trajectory. You begin to literally sponsor, if you will, your own extraordinary life experience. You're no longer just going, walking, being where you need to be, but you're getting really pumped up and excited about where you want to be. And you can't wait to move the stuff you need to do out of the way so you can play and enjoy the stuff you want to do. When you literally give your life a makeover, and by the way, I hope people all over the world get I call it unstuckified through coaching consultations. And it is so much fun to watch them take off in the direction of their dreams. But when you aren't sure where to begin, it may just feel like right foot, left foot, or even let's just kick the feet up and do nothing. You're not alone. It's okay. Don't even feel bad because there's no shame here. And the greatest news of all it's amazing how quick your life can turn around. When I asked you to sponsor you, that may have sounded peculiar. We often look to others to do this. We seek sponsors from the outside world, and sometimes this is awesome and affirming in the journey we already know we have solidified as our next embarkment. External sources can carry us or validate our work, and we take such stock in this merit. And yet, I have often said, we can't give away what we don't have. And if we ourselves don't personally feel pride in our own selves, invested in the person we are, nurture our nature, admire our character, not only are we missing out on the opportunity for life's bounteousness, but we are leaving ourselves open to feeling less than the distinctive individual this world needs us to be, and that we are meant to love our own selves for being who we are. I want you to sponsor you in this grand life experience because you're worth it. And when you get behind yourself, you're capable of anything. But if you don't, if you don't believe in you, well, you'll succeed at that too. 
but you deserve the world. So I hope you realize the best person for the job is you. The time to begin living is now. Yes, we're in a pandemic. We're having to redesign the way we go about this, rethink what we're going to do. We are becoming experts in honing the skill set of adaptation and even flexibility because if we don't, we will live in a space of frustration and see life through the lens of less than, which brings us to this week's Aging Gratefully Alphabet Soup for the Psyche, a quote I so love by Theodore Roosevelt, do what you can with what you have where you are. I feel that's not just a quote for this week, but a life mantra kind of quote, one for everyday living and certainly one for the unprecedented times we find ourselves in. Let's do what we can with what we have where we are to make life special in meaningful ways. Let's harness the things we can control in a world of things we can't. Let's make sure we're still in the business of living not going day to day, being paralyzed by the doom and gloom of the news held back by fear regarding some things that could bring us joy if we truly set out to enjoy them. I have often said in life, there's nothing more sobering to get back in the game of life than attending a funeral. Well, there's nothing more prompting to realize you want to begin living than facing the prospect that perhaps you might not be living, that is and then realize it was in fact a false alarm, or that you've recovered from disease, or have the prospect of facing limited time left. Crisis seems to pivot us into perspective, newfound that is. What if we could simply puddle jump the crisis, some of us, and realize that living is there for the basking? All we have to do is decide. Which brings us to this week's Aging Gratefully show dedication to the word dreams. It's a noun and it means a cherished aspiration and um, ambition or ideal synonyms are ambition, aspiration, hope, goal, and plan. So if we aging rebels extraordinaires are in the business of living, what are your hopes, goals, ambitions, aspirations, and plans? And what's holding you back from embarking upon achieving them? That's the question we're going to tackle today in Live Your Bucket List. And this show from someone who has both asked that question herself, answered them, and now wrote the book to help others do the same. Julia Goodfellow-Smith is an ordinary person who is doing something extraordinary, self-described ordinary. You'll find soon out that she is not so ordinary after all. While walking England's 630-mile southwest coast path last year, a dream that she had had for 25 years, she had a revelation. She realized that she has developed skills and techniques over her lifetime that could be useful to others wanting to take that leap into living an extraordinary life. In her book, Live Your Bucket List, she guides readers through the proven process that will take them from dreaming to achieving. She details each step of the process and illustrates them with personal stories from her own journey to live her bucket list and especially the adventures she had while walking the Southwest Coast path last year. I invite you to visit her and learn more about her work, including purchase her book, Live Your Bucket List. 
by checking out her website, www.juliags.com. It is with great pleasure to welcome you, Julia Goodfellow-Smith, to the Aging Gratefully Show. So happy you're with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Holly. It's my pleasure to be here. We are so excited. Of course, you write this book, Live Your Bucket List, Simple Steps to Ignite Your Dreams, Face Your Fears, and Lead an Extraordinary Life Starting Today. How could I not say, oh my goodness, she has to be on the Aging Gratefully Show. I mean, this is a perfect conversation for what we do here every single week. So congratulations on your book, first of all. Thank you very much. Yes. So I have a favorite part of your book title. Which is that? Starting today. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. Well, that's key to all of this, really. So much so. Because, uh, and you address this a lot in the work that you do. Um, but I want to go back to the beginning. So you were very, very prompted and inspired, but um, you needed that gentle nudge too, like so many listeners tuning in today uh, will kind of find themselves in that place. So in your book, you mentioned that your mom died when she was 59 years old and she had a big impact on your life. Would you like just kind of talk about that just to get the, the conversation going? Certainly, yes. As you say, my mom was 59 when she died. She died quite suddenly. And she was looking forward to her retirement. She had all sorts of wonderful plans of things that she wanted to do in her retirement. And to die six months before you actually have an opportunity to turn those plans into reality is such a tragedy. The, the thing that it really taught me was that you never know how long you've got. So however long you've got, you need to start today. You can't wait until you retire to start living your life and doing some of these things that you dream about. That's why I love that part of your title is in the work that I do is I've seen so many people that had these aspirations for when, and they knew when they were doing it and that time didn't come. And so uh, your book really, and your work and all that you spoke about really really resonated with me because I've seen it play out so many times. So I really appreciated how you didn't just mention it once, but you really kept returning to that. And I feel like it's just, it really needs to be repeated so that people really grasp this. And um, that is something that is just so important. Now, bucket list is something that's very important and I think that you and I both agree that bucket list isn't something for a far off. I mean, we've already hit that note uh, one day list, but it's something that you're continually living. But it's something that can be very overwhelming for some people and it keeps growing. And what advice do you give to listeners that they have no idea where to begin and they need some handholding in this area? I would start off by writing down everything that's in your bucket list. However you want to do that, I love using mind maps. So my bucket list is a mind map with eight arms that, that are sprawling and have different things written against each arm. 
it can, as you say, be completely overwhelming when you look at this list of million things that you want to do. And I'm adding to it almost daily with extra things that I'd like to do. And it could be really easy to look at that and think, oh, I can't do any of it because there's so much. I talk through a process in, in my book of looking at your bucket list and thinking about some of the factors that are involved in your life right now that make some things on your bucket list infeasible now. So you can take those off for now, for now. You, you'll probably still leave them on your bucket list. And think about your values and which align most closely with your values. How can you do something that makes a difference the way that you want to within your bucket list? So you can start whittling down the things that are on there. Now, I, for example, decided to walk the, the southwest coast path, as you've said. And the reason that I or one of the reasons for, for doing that is because I wanted to tackle something that I could do within the next 12 months. I wanted to make sure that I, I could tick something off my list quickly. I wanted something that was going to be a challenge that I knew would stretch me. And indeed it did. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to do something that uh, I would learn from. And I wanted to do something that was physically active. So quite a lot of things on my bucket list were put to one side because they didn't fit within those parameters. They're still there on the list, but it gave me one thing that I could focus on and get done and tick off the list. Although for me, it's not just about ticking things off the list. It's very much about the journey, about who you have to become to achieve that thing. It's not just about saying, oh, yes, I walk the Southwest Coast path. There's far more to it than that. I like that you have, you know, a lot of people look at a bucket list and there's this, this list, but you've actually described maybe having an immediate list, which is things that you can do now. And particularly in the unprecedented times that we find ourselves in that have the things that you can work now and then have the things that during a different environment that we might find ourselves in, those are the things that we can get to in a different circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, well, particularly now, as you say, that's very important. I have things on my list. For example, uh, I'd like to go and spend some time in Japan. And that's just not feasible at the moment to do. So that was something that I just set to one side. It will still be there. I still really want to spend time in Japan. And one day I'll get there. And I know we talked about starting things today, but you do also need to be a little bit realistic about what you can do today, particularly at the moment. Yes. So let's talk about um, that some people feel that they have many obstacles towards their bucket list. But I want to talk about the main obstacle, and that is the one that kind of resides nowhere outside of ourselves, but more in ourselves. And that one would be fear. And I want to tie this right around your book dedication, um, where you dedicated this book to your husband. Um, are those two kind of maybe wrapped up together? <laughs> <laughs> they are. My my husband is really supportive. So he's really helped me through this process. And he was telling me from the start, he said, Julia, you've got this, you can do this. I knew that there were things that I needed to learn. There were obstacles I needed to overcome. But to have him helping me 
psychologically all the time by saying to me, Julia, you've got this. It's okay. You can do this was really helpful. And one of the things that I, I talk about in the book is I call them stumbling, stumbling blocks and smashing your stumbling blocks. But it's some of those are about limiting beliefs and fear was actually one of my limiting beliefs. And these are things that you believe but just aren't true and they stop you from doing things. So I, since I was a child, and I guess it's the same for women probably all over the world, you're walked home by your friend's dads to make sure you get home safely. You're told to get a taxi home after a night out to make sure you get home safely. You're instilled with this idea that as a woman, it's just not safe to be out there in the world on your own. And however much you're a feminist like I am, and however much you try to fight these beliefs that are sort of being fed to you through your life, it's very easy for some of them to get through. And this idea about it not being safe to be in the countryside on my own or to camp on my own or to hike on my own was really quite strong within me to, to the extent that one of the main reasons that I hadn't completed this bucket list dream of mine in the past was because it never occurred to me I could do it on my own. And it takes seven and a half weeks to do it. So finding somebody else to walk with you for that length of time is not easy. It just didn't even cross my mind that it would be safe for me to do it on my own. I would say that victimhood was very deep-seated into yourself from a very early age. And it is with, with many um, across the globe, particularly with women. Yes, I, I, I suspect so. And mm -hmm. actually, when I came to look at it, I thought I, I, I knew this fear. Once I'd identified the fear was there, because for a long time, I didn't realize it was there. I just mm -hmm. didn't do these things. It didn't cross my mind to do them. And then when I identified that, that I had that fear, mm -hmm. I started to look up statistics and things like this and try to work out whether it was justified or not, mm -hmm. whether it was logical and in fact, certainly I was looking at statistics in the UK, but uh, the older you get, actually, the less likely you are to be attacked, even though the greater the fear is for people. So people are more afraid as the risk goes down. I couldn't find any studies about how many people are attacked in the countryside rather than in towns and cities. And I think the reason for that is because it's so very rare, because if you want to hurt somebody and you're looking for somebody to hurt, why would you wait at the edge of a field where a woman might walk past on her own once every three years rather than somewhere in a town where there are lots of people? So employing that sort of logic started to make me feel a little bit more comfortable with it. And also finding women who had done this before on their own. There are thousands of women who are going out doing these things on their own. So once you've identified your fear, you can find out whether it's justified or not. And for me, it was quite clear that it wasn't. It didn't stop me from being afraid, but it did stop me from being so afraid that I didn't take action. Well, and here's the irony. <laughs> you did get attacked. And I was laughing about your attack because it was really an unexpected attacker. It was, absolutely. And it wasn't funny at the time. I'm sure. 
but I loved how your husband's message is what carried you through. You had the most, I mean, persistent and prevailing situation. I, I, I kept reading and reading. I'm like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to end? But it was an attack that I really wasn't expecting, as you say. It was an attack by a pheasant. We see pheasants all over the place here, as I believe people do all over the world. And I was walking through this field with a lot of pheasants in it because it was the beginning of the of the hunting season. And I expected them all to just hop out of my way as I walked past like they usually do. And I realised out of the corner of my eye that there was a pheasant that was following me. Whenever I walked, he ran to keep up with me. And whenever I stopped, he stopped. And this continued for a little way. I videoed him because I thought it was funny behaviour. Put my phone away, looked up, and he was just right in front of me. And he was cooing at me like a bird in love. It was quite incredible. So I took some more photos in another video, as you would. And then I took a step forward, thinking that he'd move out of my way. And he didn't. He started pecking at my boots. And I thought he was attracted by the shiny eyelets. But it turns out that he wasn't because he started flying up and pecking at my legs. And I was walking faster and faster, trying to get away from the pheasant. And he was flying up and pecking me. I got to a woodland, went down into the woodland. He followed me up some steps the other side. He followed me. I gave him a gentle boot. I tried to push him away with a stick. I accidentally trod on his wing, but he was not going to be deterred. And I thought as he got onto the steps above me and started flying up that he could actually peck at my face now. So this was becoming a bit more serious. My heart was pounding and I was thinking... I'm going to have to do something about this bird. But I'm going to have to hurt him properly if I hurt him, because just gentle deterrent isn't working. And I thought if I hurt him, I'm going to have to kill him. And that seems completely disproportionate. So instead, I did what any good adventurer would do. I ran. So I ran up the steps, looked behind me, he was following. I ran across a field, he was following. Through a gate, across another field, I was beginning to gain some ground. Across another field, through another gate, I looked behind me. And so it felt very scary at the time. You had one particularly unpleasant incident during your walk. And I know you learned a lot from this. Could you, would you be willing to share that? I'm willing to share. That's absolutely fine. So the attack that Holly is referring to was actually, it was an attack on my tent. I had spent a few nights camping at the edge of the path because there wasn't anywhere else to camp and because actually it's a really exciting, lovely place to, to stop and, and pitch your tent and sleep for the night. And that's where my biggest fear had been about people attacking me. And as Holly said, this attack happened in a completely unexpected place. I was at a formal campsite. It was a holiday park. It was a place with a security guard and a cafe and a bar. And there were people in their caravans. I was the only camper because it was quite late in the year and it was quite cold. But there were, there were lots of people around. And, and 
that was the place that, that, that this attack took place, which was really surprising. And it was it was really shocking at the time. I had I'd pitched my tent. I had gone to the bar, which is where they served food. And it was somewhere warm and light to sit for the evening because it was getting dark quite early at night and it was quite cold. So I was sitting in the bar waiting for my dinner to arrive. And somebody else who was camping on the campsite, who I'd chatted to earlier, ran into the bar and said, Julia, Julia, someone's trashing your tent. And I just looked at her and I said, what? She said, Julia, someone's trashing your tent. And she had to repeat this three or four times before it actually landed in my brain. I couldn't quite work out what she was saying, because why would anybody do that? And apparently this person didn't like where I had pitched my tent. So anyway, I was all ready to rush out of the bar and to go and sort this person out. And the holiday park staff said, no, 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 Julia, come on, sit down. If you go there, you could inflame the situation further. We've got our security guard coming. We've got a team of people going over to deal with this man. You just sit here. We are in England. Have a cup of tea. <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll sort it out for you. And indeed, they did. The man who didn't like where my tent was had actually uh, broken my tent beyond immediate repair. I had a tent repair kit with me, but it's not designed for uh, needing to repair a tent that had been broken by a person. It's designed for repairing tents broken by wind, and it's a different sort of damage that you get. So the people at the holiday park collected all of my things up, and they gave me a caravan to stay in that night on a neighbouring holiday park so that I felt safe and I could lock the doors and, and what have you. The security guard offered me his tent to sleep in the following night if I wanted to in the campsite that I was due to stop in. He even offered to put it up for me if I wanted him to. The cafe manager who'd lost my order in his cafe bought me dinner in the cafe on the other caravan site that I ended up on. So everybody rallied around me and it was it was lovely. And what struck me well what struck me about it is that it took a couple of days for it to really um sink in properly i was quite at first that night i i was pretty terrified because i thought that i thought that he'd stamped on my tent and that i might have been in it because of the the way it had been damaged that isn't actually what happened but i was really rather scared about the attack at the time and i carried on walking and i slept in a bed and breakfast the, the following night. And then the following day after that, I was musing about this as, as I walked up to the highest point on the southwest coast path. And I was thinking about some of the people that, that I had met on the path. And I got to the top and I thought, OK, I'm not going to be scared of this man and I'm not going to hate this man. And I'm not going to do what some of my friends who... Um, they wanted to come down and sort this man out. <laughs> and a, a former me probably would have been all for that as well. But I decided when I was a teenager that I wanted to live a life full of love and not aggression. So I sat on the top of this hill and I called blessings out into the wind. I was in the cloud. It was windy and foggy. And I sat at the top and I called these blessings out and I wished that the wind would take them to him, that they would wrap him up, that they would reach inside him, 
that the sun would shine on his face and that the wind would blow gently at his back and lead him to a better place. Because I figured it couldn't possibly have just been me and my tent that set off this angry attack, that there must be something else awful going on in his life. So I did all of that, and I reminded myself of that mantra that you were talking about earlier. Julia, you've got this. You can do this. It's okay. And I carried on walking. And I left behind the anger, and I left behind the fear on the top of that hill. Such a, we need more of that in the world today of how you handled that instead of just getting completely wrapped around the axle and getting upset and carrying all that anger with you. You released it and you bid this person uh, somehow peace in their journey and you released it. So I'd like to take a quick commercial break. And on the other side of break, I was hoping your book is set up with milestones and um, way markers. And I was hoping that we could talk about why you created it this way and get into more about this book that you've created, if you're willing to do that. Certainly. Great. Don't go anywhere. This fantastic conversation will continue today. We're grateful to be with Julia Goodfellow-Smith talking all things living your bucket list. Her book, Live Your Bucket List, Simple Steps to Ignite Your Dreams, Face Your Fears, and Lead an Extraordinary Life. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year starting today. Best part of the title there. Uh, You can learn more about her by visiting her at www.juliags.com. And by the way, I know you out there love our show's theme song for new listeners. That's Jim Beloff's Aging Gratefully. You can find it on iTunes or Amazon Music in his album Dreams I Left in Pockets. I invite you to just download the entire album and you'll find that there. um, Well, I would say wherever you can um, download your music. So special thanks to you, our awesome Aging Rebels tuning in from all over the world. Actually, let's see, we have um, just listeners everywhere, uh, Australia, the United Kingdom, um, just Germany, uh, France, uh, Great Britain, uh, just everywhere. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys, have I told you in a week? I, I haven't. It's time to tell you that you rock and you role model. I'm grateful for each of you. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, and we'll be right back. I'm Elaine Grace, and I'm from Sugar Hill, Georgia, and I love listening to Aging Gratefully every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Ladder Life Planning Institute is the ultimate guidance for life's inevitable destiny and your path to passionate aging and inspirational advanced care planning. LLPI offers tools that educate, inspire, and enlighten. Live vibrantly. Plan thoughtfully, age dynamically. Visit LLPI for business and individual consulting services. Professional and keynote speaking, books, workshops, education, webinars, and resources. LLPI is here to transform your ladder life living today. Visit them at ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com. Live extraordinary, age dynamically. Visit ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Sarah Arnell. I am the author of There Will Be Lobster, Memoir of a Midlife Crisis. Please reach out to me and connect with me at SarahArnell.com. And I want to leave you with a little thought. Sometimes the older we get, the harder it is to change. We often need a jolt or maybe a kind shoulder or even a helping hand. But your search for health and happiness can start with aging gratefully. And all the incredible perspectives, tips, and thoughts you will receive from listening. It's as easy as tuning in and letting the healing begin. Thank you so much, best listeners in the world. Welcome back to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, here today with Julia Goodfellow-Smith, who promotes bucket list living. Oh my goodness, we are so about that, right? So happy to have her here with us today. And thank you so much for listening to the show. We are over 225 episodes in. Oh my goodness, it's so exciting. And I just want to thank you out there. Oh, by the way, listener appreciation shout out is to the listener who gave us five stars and said, inspired. I get why aging gratefully is such a hit. It's engaging, informative, and inspiring. The conversations that Holly has with her guests are entertaining and chock full of great info. You definitely feel uplifted after a listen. So promo code for that is best listeners until 1031. Visit hollykelly.com in honor of that listener. Uh, our listeners can get $10 off my book, Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs, Forge with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality in the Continental U.S. at checkout. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Really, really appreciate it. And by the way, I just want to do a uh, promotion that is a public service announcement. Um, for those that are living with low vision, life can be a challenge in everyday tasks and the things you love to do can be difficult and feel impossible. And you might find yourself feeling sad, isolated, frustrated, and you like want to give up and don't. If you're 55 or older and the world has gotten smaller because of vision loss, it's time to be bold. Time to be bold is helping people with low vision regain independence. Go to timetobebold.org for a list of services in your state that will give you the tools, technology, training, and support you need to live your bold best life. Join others who've found a bright, bold future. Go to timetobebold.org and you'll find help there today at timetobebold.org. So I just want to mention that over 3 million Americans, 55 and older, have difficulty seeing even when wearing glasses. And one in 10 individuals age 75 or older reports difficulty seeing even when wearing glasses. And so this is um, an organization that uh, we definitely support. And we know that it can be difficult to uh, finesse the older, uh, growing older journey uh, with vision challenge and vision impairment. And I know that I wouldn't be reading my notes to you right now if I wasn't wearing my readers. So anyway, visit timetobebold.org today if you are looking for some guidance in this area. So thank you so much. Uh, what what a great show today. We're very grateful to have uh, Julia 
Goodfellow Smith with us, visit her at uh, juliags.com. And uh, where you can learn more about her um, adventures and purchase her book, Live Your Bucket List, Simple Steps to Ignite Your Dreams, Face Your Fears, and Lead an Extraordinary Life starting today. Most important part of that title. And so I know that uh, milestones and way markers, obviously a symbol for uh, signpost marking um, the route of a footpath. What made you decide, I think thought that was pretty neat, um, to create the book this um, in this format? Well, as I mentioned earlier on, um, when I was talking to the idea of living your bucket list for me is as much about the journey as the destination. Mm-hmm. And as I walked the southwest coast path, the way markers gave me direction. They helped me to continue towards my goal. And the milestones helped me to see how well I was making progress. And I thought that this was a great analogy to use for the process that I describe in my book. So we have four way mar- uh, four milestones that you reach and way markers to help you get to those milestones as you progress through the process. Mm-hmm. You say don't reinvent the wheel. What do you mean by that? A lot of the things that you have on your bucket list are not going to be that easy to do because if they were, you probably would have already done them. So because the nature of the bucket list is that it could be quite tricky to do, I always find it useful to think about other people that have done something similar in the past that you can learn from. Hmm. So you can take shortcuts. You don't have to learn yourself. I didn't have to learn about rucksacks and camping stoves and how to look after blisters as I was walking. Mm -hmm. By doing it, I could learn from people that had been there and done long distance walking before and done a lot of camping before and it's the same for anything that you do if you want to learn a language you can find out about how other people have successfully and effectively learned languages and basically copy what they do Mm -hmm. yes and I looked at some of your videos and um, you you definitely speak to that and the things that you've learned so some people feel like their bucket lists aren't achievable. They feel like their dreams are lost. They they can't make a bucket list because they've lost their compass. What do you say to them? I would say to just think of something small that you can do to achieve. Something that really does speak to you. Something that you'll really feel is a great achievement and sets you off on the path of taking I was going to say taking risks to 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 live a more extraordinary life but I don't know whether risks makes it sound too risky Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if you if you start with something small and achievable then you'll gain a little bit of confidence if you push your comfort zone just a little bit it will grow so I would say if you're fearful of starting anything on your bucket list because you think you're just not going to be able to achieve anything, pick something that you really want to do that speaks to your values, that you'll enjoy, and that you can do fairly quickly so that you can get a win under your belt. Can you provide, do you have like any ideas that might help someone that's needing a little creative guidance 
or maybe even some questions that they should ask themselves? This is to, to create their bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a, there's a little process that I like to, to go through that I think that people will find helpful. I know that people find helpful. And that's to, to set a timer for yourself for no longer than half an hour. Play a piece of music that you love, preferably without vocals, so not something that you're going to be listening to the words of. And then just try to think of all the things you've wanted to do. So what do I love doing? What have I said to people I would love to do one day? And just continue writing until the timer goes off. Now, as I've said before, I really like using mind maps, and my mind map has eight spidery arms on it. And they have headings that you might find useful to think about in terms of your bucket list or in terms of setting up the headings to think about for your bucket list. So um, I have I, I like doing physical things. So I have hiking, horse riding and cycling on mine. You may or may not like doing physical things and you might like doing different things. But that gives an idea of the sorts of, sort of headline uh, things that you might have on your bucket list. I have experiences. So, for example, ever since my Swedish friends told me about midsummer in Sweden and how they celebrate, I've wanted to go over there to do that. So experiences, things that you'd want to to see or hear or do. The Northern Lights, for example, is on my list as well. And then another arm is travel. So places that you want to travel to. I have learning on my list, so things that I want to learn, like one day I'd like to learn to play a musical instrument, and I'd like to learn another language. And then I have another um, sort of heading that encompasses everything else, basically. Once you've set up those sort of headings, the sorts of things that interest you, then I'm sure that'll that'll, uh, trigger all sorts of ideas for you about what you might want to put on your bucket list and the things that you have wanted to do. And of course, it doesn't have to be a one-off process either. You can continue doing this. I add to my bucket list. I sometimes take things off it because I don't want to do that thing any longer. Um, And of course, sometimes I take things off it because I've done them. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the things that you've already achieved? Okay, well, I've obviously walked the Southwest Coast Path. I have uh, written a book. So that that was on my bucket list. I have learned to ride horses. Uh, oh gosh, what else have I done? I've done a million and one things that are on my bucket list. <laughs> and it's, it's really just a matter of thinking about those things that would really make your life exciting and feel fantastic and push you a little bit and test, you know, test who you are as a person. And mm-hmm. yeah, so there are lots of things that I've done there. Mm, wonderful. So it is more than an adventure and activities. You keep you keep talking, uh, speaking to your uh, almost your personhood and pushing you as a person. Living your bucket is igniting your dreams, facing your fears, and the capacity to open up more of you as a person. But can you elaborate as to what's what's going on there? What is that dynamic? What's it What's it done for you, Julia? How are you different today since that crossroad? of you deciding um, to to go on that that first bucket list item, that first adventure? 
one of the things, well, there are various things from, from last year. So for walking the southwest coast path specifically, that really pushed me. I'd never hiked on my own before. I'd never really done anything adventurous on my own before. I'd always been with other people. So I I had this first issue to overcome, which was the fear of doing something on my own because I might be attacked. But that was closely followed by a fear of doing something on my own because I would be responsible. I'd be making the decisions. I couldn't refer anything to anybody else. It was all down to me. And I'd, I'd sort of got into this rut a little bit because I've talked a little bit about my husband. He's a wonderful man and he has a lot of experience of doing things like camping and, and, and adventurous things. So whenever we went on adventures together, he would take the lead and I'd just turn up, which was all fine and dandy. I had a great time. But on, while I was walking the Southwest Coast Path on my own, I had to take that responsibility for myself. And it was absolutely liberating. It just reminded me that I could do this, that his mantra for me was, right, Julia, you've got this. Mm-hmm. That I didn't have to refer to somebody else all the time, that I did know what to do. So it was a real confidence booster for me. And even, as I, I was talking earlier, even things like uh, being attacked and how I responded to it, I know that I'm more resilient now than I was when I set off because I've been reminded of decisions that I've made. I've used techniques um, like sending out blessings into the wind that that I know work for me. And I know now that I can be confident if something else awful happens to me, I have a way to deal with that. If something happens that I need to make a decision about on my own, I can do that. So it's really broadened my horizons. Of the, uh, just, it's made me feel liberated. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I always want to do things on my own. I love going out and having adventures with my husband and with my friends. But if I want to do something on my own, I know I can. I think it's definitely, it's made you realize how capable and independent you are um, if needed or desired. And um, sometimes we forget what what we're made of. And I think that that's really a great takeaway. And so I've just really appreciated how much you've imparted in this hour that we've had together. And I feel that it's been extremely inspiring for others to really launch uh, their next adventure uh, and to start really working on their bucket list and uh, to become empowered themselves. So I just really appreciate everything that you've shared. It's uh, you can hear it in, in all of what you share and uh, your, your passion infused uh, voice and um, in your messages. And so I just really appreciate you writing this book, live your bucket list, simple steps, steps to ignite your dreams, face your fears and lead an extraordinary life starting today, uh, your entire story. And I wish we had more time with you. I'm sure that you've inspired others to live their bucket list and that you're hearing from other people. Um, I'm sure that you've affirmed uh, them to do that, correct? Uh, Yes, that is correct. I've had um, a few people talk to me about their bucket lists and things that they're going to try differently now. Um, Somebody who I know quite well, actually, who, who read my book said to me, oh, I'd never thought of planning things like that that's really helpful thinking about how I can 
pull things together. So that was really encouraging. And I, an, another person who I met while walking on the path actually has read the book and has decided to take forward her lifelong dream to see the Northern Lights, which I said earlier I've always wanted to see as well. So I'm rather hoping that we'll be able to do that together. But she started researching how she's going to be able to do that because it's not often visible from where she lives. Mm-hmm. So she's going to need some steps to do that. So, yes, it's reignited that desire for her to see the Northern Lights in person. So wonderful. She dies. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And, of course, the the last question of the show is we want to know how you age gratefully. We've been learning a lot of it today, but please share with us in your own words. I take a lot of time to think about how lucky I am in my life. So generally, I have good health. I have a good relationship with my family, a strong set of friends and a wonderful husband, as I've said. I'm lucky enough to live in a safe place and I have financial freedom. But I also take great joy in the small things that will still be there, even if all of those other things fall apart. So listening to a bird singing as I walked along the path encouraged me up so many hills. Seeing a rainbow or a flower in bloom. Learning something new. Walking all the way to the top of a hill without stopping for breath or even hearing the rainfall on my tent, or feeling the warmth of the sun on my face. These are all things that give me an enormous amount of joy. And I think that joy really gives me a zest for life. So I intend to, well, definitely age gratefully (laughs) and continue with that zest for life. So beautiful. Um, That was just um, so picturesque as you were sharing it. Uh, Thank you so much. And um, it's been our pleasure. We so appreciate the inspirational gems that you are bringing to the world. And I know that so many listeners are going to be inspired uh, by everything that we've shared in this show today. And we so appreciate the time that you've spent with us. Thank you so much. And thank you. You're very welcome. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our message, I invite you to subscribe and share it with others. May you remember to never act your age and that that age is just a number. And may you enjoy and embrace the coming week in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully, Mm -hmm. aging gratefully.